Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic indie creator interview. It's your caper, Sarah Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Jim Oosley. We're here to break down the Atonement Bell issues one, two, and three, and everything in between. Jim, welcome to the stream. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. You know, when you have a uh, an indie comic, it's so hard to get the word out there and get your, your name heard above the fray, you know? So mm -hmm. podcasts like this are just incredible. So thank you for having me on. Podcasts like this are only made possible by the guests that choose to come on. Though I was just talking about this last night, like how grateful I am because you know, you guys are always like, "Hey, thank you so much," but I don't think you realize like without you guys, there is no content for the show, right? Like it's kind of like uh, it goes both ways scenario. Well, that's the great thing about comics, I think, and that's one thing that really hasn't changed. You know, um, in, in the entertainment business, like in movies and TV, things have transitioned to streaming, and all these changes have happened. But comics have always been about and remain kind of like the symbiotic relationship between creators and um, and uh, fans and, and press, and, and you're a creator as well. So it's it's very, it's like a mutual uh, mutual delightful thing. Yeah, yeah, and the beauty of it is like getting to talk to creators and learn, you know, how your mind works and how the creative process looks like for you because it's different for a little bit of everybody. And I think that is like the perfect room for us. You know, let's start with a simple introduction to who you are and how you got into creating comics. Oh, sure. Well, my name is Jim Oosley. I'm the writer of uh, Butcher Queen, Black Star City, Butcher Queen, Planet of the Dead, and the new uh, horror series, The Atonement Belt. And um, I started about 10 years ago, I guess, um, there's a collective in St. Louis of artists and writers. They get together uh, once a month at a designated, you know, pub or, or, or whatever, restaurant, whatever. And um, the artists mingle with the writers and it, it's it's always open to new people. So um, in the before I had been writing uh, screenplays with my buddy, uh, Oscar Madrid. And so we, we both started wanting to get into comics. And so we went to an ink and drink meeting and uh, just got started there. And what's really cool about Ink and Drink is that they actually publish um, a th two anthologies a year, each one with a different. Oh, theme. that's cool. Yeah, and so we were able to write stories and learn how to write comic scripts and you know all that kind of stuff, and it was fantastic. So I mean, learning on the fly has to have some pretty big benefits, right? Like it kind of feels like you would get like a jump start into you know like almost like a cheat code right like uh, all, all these creators can be like well this is this is the way you do it uh, instead of going through all those years of trial and error oh absolutely you know the people that run it um are, are were very knowledgeable and everyone there was very helpful and um it was yeah it was a great way to start i mean i, I feel really lucky you know by having met them mm -hmm. i actually got involved through my friend jason green who's one of the editors at uh ink and drink comics and he's now my editor Oh, that's so cool the stuff that we do for uh for red five yeah so were you ever involved in any of the anthologies that the ink and drink uh published oh yeah I, we did uh oscar and i both uh collaborated on stories with different artists and i did my own stories as well i think i was in um i, I want to say maybe six or seven anthologies maybe wow so was that and, like uh, some of your first like jump like jumps into comics it was yeah and the way that it works is when you first begin working with them, they allow you to do a like a four-page story. Mm -hmm. And then that can be bumped up to eight or nine pages once you've had one published. And so, uh, yeah, we, we followed that whole... Uh, That's so cool. The whole trail. And yeah, it was great. And it was a lot of fun, too. And I made a lot of good friends uh, through, you know, working with them, which 
which is wonderful as well. What was it like working with an artist for the first time and, and getting like sequential art for your words? Well, for one thing, it was really exciting, you know, <laughs> having, having, never, uh, having never done it before. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and you know, I, I think for me, that's, that's really not changed. I mean, when you write a script um, and you're working in comics, it's, it's so important that the, the words and, and the artwork have a synergy, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's not necessarily an easy thing. So I've been really lucky to work with artists who were uh, super talented, like Ben Sawyer, uh, Tyler B. Ruff, who's the artist on the Atonement Bell. Yep. Um, and uh, it, it never stops being exciting to see your words come to life uh, with in the sequential, you know, panels and mm -hmm. to see what the artist, how the artist interprets your words and all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. We have a uh, Mama Geekly over on Facebook actually saying she loves the windows on uh, cover A. I think that is uh, Tyler's cover, right? It is. Yeah, Tyler did that cover, and uh, that's my favorite cover um, of the whole series. It's just <laughs> I've got a poster of it actually in my in my office here. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's you know Tyler actually. So the story takes place in our hometown in St. Louis, and um, this is the first thing I've ever done that takes place here in our in our city, and. Uh, you know, our, our city has a really unique architecture and, and, and culture, um, as troublesome as it can be sometimes, you know, but it, it has so many great things to offer as well. And Tyler actually was so true to the aesthetic of, of St. Louis. Um, if you read the, the series, you can get a pretty good sense as far as the aesthetics go of what it's like mm -hmm. to be there. He did just a remarkable job. So was there a lot of weight to making sure it was done cor correctly, you know, being from that area? Yes and no. I mean, he, so what Tyler did, Tyler was from here also, but he would drive around and take photographs. And there was even a, um, there's a scene that takes place on the Metrolink, which is sort of like, um, kind of like the L in Chicago, sort of, it's a you know, public transport. Mm -hmm. And he needed pictures of that. So I bought a ticket on the Metrolink and just snapped some shots on there. And did like a round trip <laughs> back home and sent him the picture. So everything you see as far as, uh, you know, what's represented in the city is 100% is accurate. And uh, I really can't say enough about how good of a job he did. And it was, for this particular story, it was essential that we had it in St. Louis because mm -hmm. of the, the various themes and, you know, what happens in the story itself. So you two ended up meeting uh, during the Ink and Drink or uh, one of the anthologies during uh, the Ink and uh, Drink? Actually, no, what's funny is he, so he was a part of Ink and Drink Comics as well, but we never actually met. We, we met for the first time doing a, uh, a free comic book day signing. We, our tables were right next to each other. And uh, he writes a series called The Unforgiven, which mm -hmm. you can find on, on social media. I think it's We Are, we are The Unforgiven, I think. Um, but it's a really great series, and uh, yeah, I just I really liked his artwork. And what I liked in particular about his artwork was his ability to express emotions, you know, through through the the characters' mm -hmm. faces, you know, the acting, you know. And um, you'd be surprised how hard that is for um, a lot of artists to do, you know. But Tyler excels at it, and the story is really a character-driven story, and it was so important to capture their faces mm -hmm. you know because there's a wide range of emotions and it, it was it was the right decision you know i got really lucky by meeting him he did such a good job so uh was he involved on uh butcher queen planet of the dead issue one or did you have a different artist for that 
That was my uh, co-creator, Ben Sawyer. He and I uh, did that together. And uh, yeah, he was the artist on the first two series. Um, the first series, I, I think you could still uh, pick up issues online, but that's collected in a trade paperback that's mm -hmm. out. And um, the second series, the individual issues are um, available for that as well. But yeah, he's the artist on that one. Ben actually did the colors on the Atonement Bell. Oh, really? That, so what a small world. Yeah, he's still in the mix. So for everyone watching right here is a link to check out a uh, butcher queen This was uh, the first work you had get picked up by red five comics if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that's correct So what is a uh, butcher queen about? I mean, it seems like you have a theme with like horror and and and, and death I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely yeah. loving it <laughs> Well, the the atomic bell is definitely a, a horror series butcher queen is more of a um, a cyberpunk um, a cyberpunk series noir series with, with mm -hmm. touches of horror in it um butcher queen is actually the nickname of uh detective sid kiowa who was on the police force and her uh her partner had been killed by a cult and she kind of lost her mind for a while she wipes out the cults and then uh she becomes a fugitive from the police and what happens is she becomes a mercenary and uh collects these misfits along the way along her her travels and becomes a uh, a fighter for people who can't fight for themselves. Oh, ultimately. I love it. And uh, throughout the two series, she kind of finds her soul again mm -hmm. and finds her, her moral compass and her purpose. And uh, outside of all that stuff, it's just a really fun adventure, a sci-fi cyberpunk adventure. And I'm I'm still really proud of the series. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, it's, I, I couldn't be more pleased with the way it came out. And Ben, Ben did everything on that. He did the, um, well, I, I wrote it, but he did the uh, the art, the colors, and the lettering as well. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, he did all that stuff. And I mean, you you must have grew like a cult following because after that you ran a Kickstarter for the Atomic Bell issue one. Hit, what, $11,000? Congratulations. Was that your first Kickstarter? Oh, thank you. No, actually, um, that was my, let me see, fourth my fourth Kickstarter, yeah. So so I was going to say, man, like that is a, a killer number, especially for an issue one like that. Well, it just, you know, it... We, so what happens is I for the the first two Butcher Queen series and the Atomic Bell, we actually did a, a Kickstarter for the whole series, mm -hmm. not just issue one and then one for issue two and everything else. So it just took a lot of work. And if have you ever run a Kickstarter for, about you know for oh, anything oh, no, before? Nope. Okay, I just talked to, about a whole lot of them. I know it can be stressful. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, when you decide to do a Kickstarter, it's you you really do have to live it. For the entire 30 days that you do it every single day it's it's all that's on your mind because you you know you want to tell your story and you mm -hmm. you want to um have it done right and uh yeah luckily for me it just with a lot of hard work we were able to to do it so you uh i mean issue three just dropped in comic stores uh just recently does that mean issue four is already completed you're just waiting to, to drop it oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah the whole story oh, that's is awesome done. Yeah, the whole series has been done for a bit, and um, issue four will come out probably a month from now. That's first, a, so. Yeah. What uh, what was some of the drive to do a whole series instead of like an issue one and two? I mean, to knock out four issues in one Kickstarter, that seems like that would add a lot of stress in itself. Yeah, it was pretty stressful. Um, and, <laughs> and when you're working with a publisher, you know, there's, there's deadlines mm -hmm. and there's that's a whole other layer of, of stress. But that's that's just part of you know the business you you've mm -hmm. got to pay attention to the deadlines and things like that um but i never wanted to do just one 
issue that tells part of the story. If I'm going to commit myself to it, I want to tell the whole story. And, you know, when you work with a publisher, they don't want just one issue. They want a, a series, you know. Um, and so that was that was just sort of the logical way to go. Um, the first two Kickstarters that I did, one was with my buddy Oscar. We co-wrote a uh, action comedy uh, anthology called The Rough and Tumble. Um, and then I did a horror anthology called The Dead Palace, which I'm hoping to get out there digitally soon. Because um, right now it's just in trade and that those mm -hmm. are all sold out. Um, but yeah, as far as the series, I, you know, if I, I, I can't just tell one part of a story. Yeah. I've got to tell the whole thing, you know, <laughs> otherwise it's like, and I, and I know people do that and hats off to them. You know, that's, that's great. You know, different strokes for mm -hmm. different folks, but um, I really wanted to do the whole, tell the whole story. So, I mean, we dabbled a little bit around it, you know, but what is Atomic uh, Bell uh, exactly about? I mean, uh, I know we have horror elements of it. Uh, I, from what I've read description-wise, it seems like just a brutal, brutal experience for a family to go through. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, the, so the family really gets put through the ringer. So what it's yeah. about is a, uh, a mother and her son. Uh, he just recently lost his father, her husband, and uh, it's around the Christmas time. And so they uh, travel into St. Louis to visit with a strange family and kind of like, you know, repair, you know, rebuild the bridge and, you know, uh, get back in touch again, which they do. Um, unfortunately, what, what they come upon ultimately is a, a struggle between the Catholic Church and, or I should say more of a mystery, mm -hmm. between involving the Catholic Church and a coven of witches and a, uh, a decades-long um, ritual. And um, I, it's, uh, it's, it's a wild ride. So going it's, from... It's really fun. Going from cyberpunk to, you know, cat, uh, the, you know religion taking on uh, witches, I mean, that's two different ballparks. How, how does it feel to be playing in a world that's totally different from Butcher Queen? You know, I think for me, it's, it's, it's more about the, the characters that you're, mm -hmm. that you're working with. So... What, what I loved about Butcher Queen is the character of Sid Kiowa. Um, and so, and what exploring whatever world she had to be, be placed in. And it was kind of that way with, um, with the Atomabelle. I, I love the, uh, our protagonist, you know, uh, Jake, his cousin, baby Al, and their Bosnian friend, Sarah. Um, and it's just, I grew up in the Catholic church and having grown up in St. Louis, which is a very Irish Catholic community. And, you know, that coupled with all the issues that St. Louis has as far as, uh, you know, sociopolitical racial uh, issues that happen and how, how the church reacts to that, it was, to me, ripe for a, a horror story. And um, it's, you know, there are some really serious things that happen in the series, but there's also just, you know, a lot of fun as well. I mean, the characters, uh, particularly Baby Al, uh, is just a blast to write for he's sort of like the ironic commentary to what mm -hmm. is going on he's he's kind of a uh, uh a bit of a shyster you know a bit of a, a uh, <laughs> uh a smart ass you know mm -hmm. uh so it's it's been really a joy to write and it's it's one of those experiences where when i was finished writing the series i was like ah oh, i wouldn't miss these guys yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's true and I, I you know i'm really out of anything i've ever done or been a part of before the Atomabelle is the thing i'm absolutely most proud of so we have uh, tyler b ruff as the artist uh can you give us a, a rundown of the rest of the creative team involved yeah absolutely so um 
Tyler B. Ruff is the co-creator, and he uh, did all the artwork. He did the pencils and inks. Um, we have Benjamin Sawyer, who was the artist on Butcher Queen, and he did the colors on the Atoma Bell. And we have uh, Ed Dukeshire, um, Eisner-nominated uh, letterer, who's doing the lettering uh, for the Atoma Bell. That's awesome. And, and, you know, working with Ed, too, that's something else. You know, working with a someone who specializes in, in lettering, like that's what the, that's their main thing, mm -hmm. uh, really makes a difference as well. You know, he's he's as big a part of as anybody else is, you know, in, in making the story a, a success. What were some of the things uh, he did differently uh, that you're the, the first time around you didn't experience with uh, the Queen Butcherer? Um, so I think with lettering, Ed, you know, it, it's so much of it is, is conveying the personality and context of what's being said. Mm -hmm. And so there's things, you know, what do you italicize? What do you bold? Um, a good example is there's there are a couple of characters uh, in the story that we call the Blood Children. And they are, um, let's say it's like giving too much away, they're, they're spirits. Mm -hmm. But they, um, when they talk, their dialogue is in red, red balloons and white letters. Um, and you think, oh, that's that's cool, but I can't imagine why that'd be a big deal. But when you're reading the book, when you when you're immersing yourself in the story, that goes a long way into drawing you closer in, mm -hmm. you know, because you're, you know, you're you're reading it. It's it's a visual experience. So when you see them. Uh, you know, with those balloons, with that kind of font, it it makes it just a little more creepier. Yeah, um, eeriness and it really pushes you. Yeah, and um, which which is exciting. You know, um, it's it's my first time I've collaborated with this many people on one project mm -hmm. and having to sort of you know manage all that stuff. But it's been delightful, and the and the results are really um, really speak for themselves. I think. I hope people go out and and check out the book. So I know you said this is like one of your proudest works. I mean, how how much uh, changes did you see from like the original script to working with your artist and, and kind of just, were there any big changes or did you let your artist kind of take the wheel when you wanted to? Um, yeah, I mean, I, so as far as the script, there weren't, there weren't many changes that I can think of. I mean, I have an editor, um, Jason Green, who I mentioned earlier, and um, I let him see the scripts first and he'll say things like, you know, all oh, this this could be a little bit better here, or you may want to, you know, sharpen the focus of this over here, mm -hmm. um, which is invaluable. You know, I, I, mean, I love getting criticism because it just, it just makes you better, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, but as far as the script between, you know, with the artist, it didn't really change. Nothing really changed. I mean, he did ask about certain things. Can I um, change how this looks or, or how we're doing this? And mm -hmm. I'd be like, sure, you know? I'm I'm all for the best idea. It doesn't all have to be about me. You know, it's whoever has if, if your idea makes it better, that's that's good with me. And um we had a really good working relationship as far as that's concerned. That's so awesome. So uh, with issue four right around the corner, when can people expect to find that at their local comic book shop? Well yeah, issue, so issue three came out today, as you said, and issue four will come out in a, about one month from now. Okay. And if you've been following the series um, I don't think you'll be able to, to really see where the, where this is going to end up. Um, I really do feel like I, I landed the ending, though. I'm really satisfied with the ending. And uh, if you've been following along so far, I think you'll be really satisfied with it. 
So speaking of that though, you're also having a collection of all four dropping soon too. Uh, right here is the link to this. Uh, so when can people uh, expect the, the trade paperback to, to drop? Uh, the trade is actually going to be, I think it's listed as April or May. It's going to be probably closer to June. Okay. But uh, yeah, you can pre-order it now. And um, it's got all four issues on there. It's got a cover gallery of like all the variants. Oh, that's uh, so all cool. All the variant covers. Yeah. And it's got like a, an art gallery. Um, I wrote a forward for it. And um, Tyler wrote an afterward. It's got some uh, like a promotional um, gallery in there as well. All kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. And uh, I really wanted to make it a really cool, like for people who, who love this series, I wanted them to have something that they could buy where it's all collected and it's it's extra stuff that it, they didn't get before. And uh, if you've never read the series, obviously this is a great way to do it. You can just read it all in one sitting and, and have all the extra stuff there to explore. So awesome. And right there is the link for everyone watching. If you're unable to pre-order that, it's fine. Simply putting this on Facebook and Twitter, anywhere you can. Word of mouth is 100% free. You have nothing to lose simply just by sharing this. So, Jim, what's next for you in 2023? I mean, outside of the Atonement Bell, do you have any other series or projects you're working on? Um, I've got a few, um, a couple non-comics projects, but I am in the process now of uh, working on a new uh, project, starting to outline a new project. It's also a horror project. Okay. And it's going to be... Um, it's <laughs> it's pretty off the wall, so I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited to get to work on that. So <laughs> as far as uh, this year, it's going to be um, I'll be at San Diego Comic Con uh, with Red Five Comics, um, and then I'll be at other conventions hopefully this year. Outside of that, and really just you know uh, plugging the Atomic Bell and making sure people people know about it and are able to to get to it. That's awesome. So before we let you go, Jim, I do have to ask one question in particular, because as much as this is a platform where we promote you and your work, it's also a nice show for anyone who might be new and listening, you know, or maybe they're seasoned and they're kind of just hitting a dead spot in their writing and having trouble, you know, doing so. So with that being said, for anyone out there looking to add depth to their character as someone who just like kills it in that department, what would be some of your pieces of advice to help them kind of liven up their characters? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, there's there's a couple things that that I, I try to keep in mind that, and this is advice you know that someone gave me, um, always be listening. You know, and that means when you're when you're out and about, you know, learn to observe people and, mm -hmm. and to really listen to people. Um, it's it's inspiration every day. You know, it, it really is. So you got to keep your ears open to real life. You know, and not not video games, not other comics, but go out there and experience life that, that's a big that's a big thing you know? there's a life outside video games and comics listen i love those things as well i'm just saying if you write stuff it's, it's good to like get out there and listen mm -hmm. and the other thing is to i think um is to make sure that you're the stuff that you're you're taking in is um sometimes out of your comfort zone you know um if you've never read shakespeare for example you know check out some shakespeare mm -hmm. um Check out some weird Shakespeare, like Richard the Third, which is a really difficult one to to read, but a great a great character study. You know, um, you know, musically, if you know, if you don't, um, if you if you like rap or you like, um, you know, metal or whatever, try listening to some jazz. Just little things like that can really tweak your brain and, and mm -hmm. make different cylinders fire, and you'd be really surprised on what they could they could do for you to help. It helps me. 
Absolutely. And guys, I mean, it's nothing. It really doesn't cost much to try something new. There's plenty of stuff out there, free resources where you can, you know, go to the library, rent a new book that you haven't read, you know, go on YouTube, listen to new music you haven't listened to. So the, the you know, the knowledge is right at your fingertips. You just have to put the effort in to achieve it. Jim, this is awesome chat. Thank you so much for swinging by everyone watching. Here is the link. Be sure to pre-order that trade paperback when you can. We still have a month or two until it drops. So you have enough time to, to not only pre-order it, but share this with uh, all your friends and family out there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, it's, you know, folks like you are invaluable to indie people like me. So so thank you very much. Yeah, and thank you as well. Because like I said, that's like it's just an endless circle. You know, we feed each other, uh, you know, uh, yeah. promotion, promotion for you guys and content for us. So it's a, it's a win-win across the board. Everyone watching. That being said, it is time for us to wrap up. I hope you all have a lovely new comic book day. But most importantly, guys, keep it geekly. <laughs> <laughs>